everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. I am Lindsay Ruter, and I am very excited today. I've got another L with me today, and that is Lisa Jokinen. She is originally from Finland, but now based in New York City, and she ran the first clothes lending club in Finland. She founded a sustainable travel agency and has worked as a street style photographer since 2005. Thrifting, recycling, sustainability, it's all been a part of her life since she was a kid because she grew up in a culture where consumption was not the number one hobby, shocker, and where everything was always reused and recycled. And now she is here on the Hand Me Up Club and in New York City to share all these things in her Scandinavian culture with all of us through the Gem app where you can search vintage. She has got her New York City street style blog called New York City Lux. She made an amazing New York City vintage map. I am so excited to talk to her. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. <laughs> oh, great. I This is so great. I loved getting your email. I was It, it blew my mind because first off, you send this email. And you're like, I made a New York City vintage map. I'm like, ooh, okay. Let me go check this out. And I like to think that I have found all these little hole in the walls, like little tiny places where you can't even tell what they're called because there's no signage or anything anywhere. And you had them on your map. It blew my mind. <laughs> how, oh my gosh, like how long did it take you to make that? Did you have to find everything walking on foot? What What is the journey to make this extremely comprehensive New York City vintage map, which, by the way, is at nycvintagemap.com? Let me hear this history, this yes. story. Okay, so yeah. When I moved to New York City uh, soon three years ago, I started immediately putting like little dots on my own Google Maps to see like where all the vintage and thrift stores are because I felt like the city had changed so much since my previous visit I felt like nothing felt like familiar to me anymore <laughs> so I needed to have some points on my maps you know how to navigate the city and for me it's very natural that though those points are uh, vintage and thrift stores so that's how I started creating it first you know first Manhattan mm -hmm. then towards Brooklyn and I really didn't uh, visit them all I still haven't visited them all I hope to visit them all one day but then it was a combination of like online research just walking and maybe you know Instagram research and that's how the map uh, came up and it was my husband who actually suggested that I should make the map complete mm -hmm. like really try to find every every store that there are in the city and also make the map uh, public mm -hmm. so And it's, that's why it's not uh, on Google Maps anymore, but it's a, its own website, nycvintagemap.com. Yeah. I love it. It Truly, I was just thinking like, oh, what's like the little or like the basement in Bushwick? That one? Have you gone to that one in person? Oh, yeah. That's one I've been to. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> one is one where you would not know it was there if you didn't already know it was there. This place, it's called The Basement. It's in Bushwick. It's off the Myrtle Wyckoff stop on the L train. And it's essentially underneath an Ashley Home Furniture store. And you can only get to it by going through a grocery store parking lot and then going to the basement of this furniture store. But it looks like you're going to the basement of a laundromat. And it's it's so strange. Um, but that was one where I was like, oh, I wonder if she found that. And she did. You did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I actually know that there are still a couple of stores 
that I haven't had time to put on my map yet. So I'm still discovering more and more after three years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also super cool that there are like completely new stores popping up constantly. Yes. Especially in Brooklyn area. Absolutely. So there is a lot of uh, happening in this vintage thrift scene here in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been noticing that lately a lot over the last two years or so, more so than the preceding eight years I'd been in New York City, that it really feels the last few years there have been so many more vintage and thrift stores popping up. I know like a year ago, the first Flamingos, which I know is a big like, European vintage thrift by the pound place, finally opened in Brooklyn as their first one. And so new things are coming here all the time, which is awesome i think it makes the culture and the accessibility where it's not just oh here are your three salvation armies and your one vegan's closet option no way more <laughs> yeah exactly and i lo- and i personally think that we need all of them like mm-hmm. those like thrift basements that look really random <laughs> and are amazing <laughs> <On> the- <laughs> yes and also like higher end consignment stores so yeah. i love that this city has so much to offer there are over 200 stores on the map. Yeah, I'm no. looking at it right now. I, I'm holding my computer up to the microphone like anyone can see what I'm doing. But there are so many. It's actually kind of fascinating that there are so many in lower Manhattan. Because obviously when I think of thrift in Manhattan, I think East Village. I think L Train. But looking at your map, it actually goes much further south than that. Which is kind of cool. Ooh, Department of Happiness. I've never even heard of this one. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a kind of it's a booth inside the Canal Street Market on Canal Street. <laughs> okay, wow. So what what have been some of your favorites that you've gone to? <laughs> Out of all of these hundreds of thrift stores, that have you or vintage? Like, what have been some of your favorites? I think my favorites are they are constantly changing. You know, when I find something that I absolutely love, and I end up shopping mm-hmm. then the store is suddenly <laughs> my new favorite but um james Beloria in chinatown is definitely one of my true favorites oh i've never even heard of this yeah and also like uh, the location of their store is so fun it's a second floor of a chinese mall oh. so you really need to know okay <laughs> to find it that's make it makes it more exciting of course uh so and the second floor uh, of this Chinese mall is like there is an art gallery with changing exhibitions with inside like little cubicles. Mm-hmm. So even like all the exhibitions that I've seen there are always like super fascinating to me. I love them. And there is an Eckhaus Latta store nowadays. Then there is a record store and there are some like little cool things on the second floor. And then the ground floor is like Chinese grocery store and it's very loud because it's underneath uh is it uh, Manhattan Bridge yeah like Canal Street yes wow (laughs) oh my gosh I just looking at the map I'm like wow there I thought I had been everywhere actually I have not and now I have so many more places to go uh, I also was going to ask not only just some of your favorite places, but one of my goals kind of in my head has always been to make a definitive ranking of all of the goodwills in the city because they're not all oh equal. Oh my you God, know? please do that because there are so many. There are so many. And I'm actually a bit confused. <laughs> like, 
Hmm. I think I really like there is one Goodwill close to where we live now. It's like uh, downtown Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We live in Clinton. Oh, on Livingston yes, Street. Yes, because they have the curated collection, mm-hmm. and it's it's huge store and it's very well organized. Mm-hmm. So I really like that one. Yes, I used to work on Livingston Street, so I know exactly which one you're talking about. That one is nice, and it's open late, which I appreciate. Later than mm-hmm. some of the other locations. I really like the one on 8th Street by NYU. And I also used to work across the street from one on 25th between 6th and 7th. So those are kind of my favorites, but there are so many, and they are not all alike. There are some that have the curated collection and some that are just clothes or just home goods or they're the outlets uh, and so I feel like that's kind of in my head, like a project that would be like yes. a leg off of what you've already done. Uh, where it's just like, and now th- specifically ranking them all because you see Goodwill and they're not all the same. So these are the ones worth the trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are quite many Goodwills that I have never visited here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is pretty cool. I feel like Goodwill in particular has been trying to do a lot to sort of rebrand as a thrift store or consignment shop they've been partnering with a lot of different designers to make fashion shows and curated collections of things that have been donated which i think is really cool like yeah yeah making thrifting fresh again yes can you say that fresh and fashionable yeah and also i love what housing works does and i Mm -hmm. really love their stores actually if you if you're looking into thrift stores and then i really like actually being um Oh my god, what are they called? Is it NYC? Now I'm blanking out. There are like two stores. The other one is called West and the other one is called East. The other one, East East one is in West Village and the other one is more like Gramercy. Huh. Vintage Drift West, I think, is their uh, Instagram handle. Vintage Thrift west oh it's just vintage thrift shop.com <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like that's their website vintage yeah. thrift west yes they are my favorites too and then i really love beacon's closet because they have oh i work right by this place okay i'm gonna have to check it out it's on third avenue between 22nd and 23rd for anyone else that also wants to go yes and actually i like that store more because maybe that's the that's the Gramercy one. Yes, the Gramercy is, I think, a bit bigger, and I've had some really nice. Yeah, I've been buying some stuff there. Sweet. And around the corner from that one is City Opera Drift Store. That Beats one's it. fancy. Yes, it's fancy, and yeah, you will make some really good finds there. Yes, yeah. and they do a lot of cool sales and things happening at their location. It that strip of like Twenty Third Street from Lexington to Third Avenue, and then you go down the corner. It's like a block where you can hit so many places. There's like the Goodwill, there's the Housing Works, there's City Opera, there's Vintage Thrift. They're all right there. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that that's that's like the. That's when you graduate from L Train Vintage. That's what I think. That's like Starter Vintage, Starter Thrift, doing the L Train line. And then when you've leveled up from that, this is like the adult thrifting row. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sense. (laughs) Because I think when you start visiting more like thrift stores that are like random so that, you know, it's donations. So you never know what you are going to see or find there. 
then you have to have some kind of sense of your own style to be able to find things. Yeah. Whereas El Train is more curated because you have the section of these are the t-shirts. Then we have maybe cut off jeans, shorts mm-hmm. for the summer and flannel shirts. So they have like these sections. So you can kind of like easily create your thrift look yeah. going from van- one rack to another. But that uh, city opera thrift store, you yeah. need to have, you need to use m- more of your like your own imagination to mm-hmm. build up the outfit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I haven't been there in a while. That's a good one. Um, so New York City, was it New York City Vintage Map dot com? New and York City, yeah, NYC Vintage Map dot com. That's the website. If you want to look it up, you can truly do this on your phone right now while you're listening to us. You can pull it up and look at some of these shops. But now I want to talk about Gem. This is so cool. Uh, it's a app for shopping vintage but why don't you tell us in your words again why how how long did it take like i have seen your list of like all the different sources that it searches um like etsy and rebag and beans closet it looks through all these websites it it's so cool go (laughs) (laughs) okay doing my best yeah so gem it's actually the first ever search engine dedicated to vintage and secondhand clothing and accessories so it works like google for vintage you type in the item that you are looking for it can be uh, your favorite designer or specific vintage item like 50s dress or you can be searching for a specific print or whatever you want Mm -hmm. and then gem pulls results from various uh, marketplaces and independent online stores and it currently includes over 8 million items already. So there is a lot. And our goal is to help you to find the piece that you're actually looking for. So that's why we are happy to include all kinds of secondhand and vintage stores. Mm-hmm. And we also have some like newer stuff. So not everything is technically vintage, I have mm-hmm. to say. Because we have some consignment stores there. And like you mentioned, rebacks. So their bags are usually not vintage, but they are secondhand yeah yes yeah and of course we want to support the use of secondhand clothing over fast fashion and yeah and i i i think the idea for gem you know it i had it even before i moved to california first that happened like four five and a half years ago Uh, because quite often when i was thrifting or vintage shopping i had like something specific in mind i was you know looking for something but then you never know what you are going to find at a store and it can take forever to find the piece Mm -hmm. so or you might not find it like that's part of the problem the problem with vintage is that it just just isn't there that's not what the store has but after moving to the states i realized that actually the stuff is out there because i found so many fantastic lovely new vintage stores that i never heard before Mm -hmm both online and then d- when I was making the NYC vintage map, I discovered like brick and mortar stores, uh, which sometimes also list online something. And I was like, oh, there is so much of this great stuff. And I also realized that I was looking for items and my friends were looking for something specific. So I was like, why couldn't we connect like vintage seeking persons with these vintage gems better? And then 
I just walked up to my husband and asked him that, uh, could you make a search engine like this? And then he said that, yeah, we can try. And then we built first like a little prototype just to test the idea. Mm -hmm. And it worked out very well. And then we continued. Uh, it took about a year to really build the gem. It's uh, So it's available in App Store and Google Play. And it's also a website. So you can use it either way. Yeah, I've used it on the computer. It was so cool. Yes, yeah, I love it too. <laughs> it almost yeah. looks because it's again it's vintage and it's coming from so many different retailers and a lot of these are sort of diy or mom and pop retailers so it almost looks like you're searching google images because all the pictures are so different and it's so wild because it's all vintage that it looks more just like a google image search and then we realize all these things are actually available to purchase yes that's really cool yeah. so you are so you if you want to buy something, you continue to the actual website and purchase from the store itself. So, mm -hmm. Gem is not a marketplace. It's kind of just it's really a search, a search engine. engine. Yes. So, just, yeah, just bringing all the online vintage into one spot. That's what it does. Yeah. And what you mentioned about like the photos looking different, I think that's super fascinating and cool because then I think that uh, kind of brings the thrill of thrifting and hunt you know to, to the, the online experience yes exactly because you, you're like okay let's see i want to have like a pink blouse with uh some dots or i don't yeah. know and then you type it in and then you, you never know like what kind of items you mm -hmm. will actually see truly so it's exciting <laughs> so that you made a really good point where you're saying we're not a marketplace. It's like a search engine. What is kind of the next phase, if there is one, for Gem? Is there going to be like a version where it is monetized and it does become a marketplace? Or is it really just a passion and a way to connect? So our first goal definitely is just to use or build a tool that is good for you to use and you'll enjoy using it and it's also beneficial for the store owners mm -hmm. and at the moment we are uh, developing and building some new features the next one will be uh, email notification alerts so when if you're looking for something and there isn't that item in your size available yet you can get email notifications when somebody lists a similar item so you know, need to be checking gem nice. constantly. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's up next. And then we 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 want to uh, make the search a little bit better. Also, then uh, there are quite many like little things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. So it's not like one hundred percent yet. And there is always some things that we can improve. And we are also happy to include more sources. So if you are running your own online store. <laughs> Hit yeah, me up. get in touch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm also curious, just as a store on Gem, what can they do to sort of raise their SEO within Gem? How does your search engine sort of like crawl through all these listings? Is it just looking for keywords in like the item listing or do they tag or how i'm curious just from a technical point of view like how your app is working with all these different platforms because i'm sure they're all super different yes so yeah so at the moment jim is looking at the 
titles and like listing titles that the stores have used and mm-hmm. if the search words that I type in on gem if they match the listing title then you will see the item in your search results mm-hmm. and we are not like promoting any of the stores yeah so they all they are all They're like all equal. equal yeah so it really depends like what a person will type in and how you how a store owner has listed the item mm-hmm. cool good to know so if you if there is a store then that is like oh it would be nice to have our products you know coming up higher in the search results then maybe check your listings like is that really something that a person would type in when they are looking mm-hmm. for the item so if your listing starts with the, your like, like a cute dress like yes, no one's just searching exactly cute dress. or <laughs> a rare item nobody will i mean i actually i do search it's like <laughs> <laughs> but uh because i'm curious person but uh but in general, I wouldn't start listing with adjective. But it's it's really up to a person running the store, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's something that they can do. <laughs> Good to know. So I also want to talk about your street style website because that's also so fun. I feel like all the things you've done, they're all so different, but they all really play into each other very well between the map and then the street style and the app all so different and yet all interconnected as well and so i'm guessing kind of the way it starts was street style map app or what is sort of the order this has happened for you and how have they all kind of worked together to inform each other and also just what has been the most fun and joyous and especially in the street style blog like i'm sure you meet so many different people oh yes i do so yeah, I first I studied street style photography in two thousand and five, mm-hmm. so that's soon fifteen years ago. <laughs> so you can imagine how many people I've met. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a lot, but I I truly enjoy it. And if I don't take new photos for a while, I I don't like. I feel very uninspired. So it gives me so much inspiration that it's like even like the air that I air that I breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't live without. And when I started 2005, I still lived in Helsinki, Finland. Mm-hmm. There weren't any other street style blogs like that around pretty soon after. There were several, but we were really uh, early <laughs> in this. And we didn't like, now, now that I'm saying we, it means my then boyfriend, now husband. So we mm-hmm. started taking photos together. But now it's only me who is doing this thing. <laughs> He's doing other things. <laughs> so it was always m- kind of m- more of my passion. So I just enjoy meeting those people. And I think uh, for me, street style photography, it, it was always more inspiring than any fashion editorial. And before I started taking my own photos, I followed very closely a Japanese photographer called Soichi Aoki. Mm-hmm. He has an uh, account and books and website called Fruits. The magazine was called Fruits Magazine, and I would even subscribe to that one, although it was oh. super expensive to get that <laughs> shipped to, <laughs> to Finland. And whenever I was traveling abroad, I, the first thing I would do is to find like a Japanese bookstore. Mm-hmm. So, I did, so I could buy like the latest issues uh-huh. of Fruits Magazine. Yeah, that was kind of my, my style bible. Around? Yes, yes, oh, yeah, okay. it's still around, and yeah, go look that up. Uh, the magazine is 
yeah, it's so. I think there haven't been like new issues of the Fruits magazine for a little while, but Instagram account is going on, and you can see fresh photos there. So yeah. All right. So yeah, definitely look it up. Espe- and but I would say like '90s Fruits photos are the best ones. Okay. <laughs> So that was always my inspiration. So it was kind of natural that I would start taking my own photos too. But we never really had like any plan like to continue forever or for Mm -hmm. 15 years. So we just started taking photos. Actually, first pictures we took outside of a heavy metal music festival Mm -hmm. in Helsinki. Love it. Yes, the festival is called Tuska. It means pain in English. I love that. Yes. And from the very beginning, it was obvious that I need to ask these persons, like, why are, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Why are you wearing the things that you are wearing? And it was the reply was quite often the same, like, I'm wearing secondhand. Like, all the cool kids, they were wearing secondhand, thrifted items, or, you know, quite often also clothes that they had inherited from their own parents or grandparents. Mm-hmm. So you would say, like, all the cool kids, they wore secondhand. And I think that shows that there was really no, like, any stigma attached to secondhand or used clothing. It was very natural to wear mm-hmm. secondhand and drift in Finland, like, always, yeah. as long as I can remember. I'm now 45 years old, so <laughs> I, I've seen some faces mm-hmm. of going around. Uh, yeah, so that's how we started and yeah i would still say that if there wasn't vintage and secondhand culture i wouldn't have any photos to take because then everybody would look exactly the same in the street and it would be like super boring mm-hmm. to me so i think we all just look like private school children like walking around in little uniforms or just regular school children <laughs> wearing like track pants and hoodies the exact same track pants and hoodies. that's that's valid yes i'm curious since you've been doing this for 15 years are there any trends that you've seen come once and already kind of come back around a second time or has it been more just constantly evolving in new ways okay i would really need to stop and think yeah no worries if it's not like a super obvious it's i was just curious if like oh yeah yeah, i remember when i first started everyone was wearing like mariah carey butterfly chokers and now everyone's wearing them again I cannot really pinpoint any like specific trends, but I can come back to this later. Yeah, no, worries. that honestly, that makes me hopeful. It makes me feel like we are still being original in our style and in our fashion because I feel so much of marketing and advertising right now is really focused on sort of a throwback 90s, early 2000s aesthetic. And it's kind of nice to hear that the real fashion renegades aren't just reverting back to that and they're still continuing forward and you're still seeing new stuff i love that oh yeah it's always evolving and i and i actually think that in in finland it has always been super important to be to young kids especially to kind of like to create their own style not to fit in they want Mm -hmm. to do things a bit differently and i think they are like so good at taking like international trends that you can see anywhere in the world but then creating their own like kind of versions out of them and usually with secondhand clothing. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So it all, it looks like contemporary and fresh, but, but really fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yes, I still take photos in Helsinki whenever I go back and usually it's during the summer months. 
So when I, after we launched Hellook, so then I started freelancing first for magazines and I was writing mostly about like Finnish fashion, design, style, those kind of issues or topics. And then we moved to California and then fast forward, <laughs> I had to quit mostly my freelancing work because my clients were back in Finland and I was mm-hmm. now in California. So I kind of had to develop some new ideas and then we finally started, you know, working with all Jam. the things you're doing. Yes. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it kind of developed. But I think everything is yeah, it is definitely everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And I think at the root of it all is uh, is always like secondhand clothing. <laughs> hey, I love that. Would you say that that root of secondhand clothing that also informed you creating your own style back in Finland? Oh my god. Yes, absolutely. So I remember when I was like very young. So I really loved wearing my mother's old clothes because they made me feel like special and different. Mm-hmm. So I for some reason I always had this urge to be like <laughs> no, somehow unique, yeah. <laughs> have a have a style of my own. And I really loved like how like the old cotton shirt would feel on my skin. Mm-hmm. But and I was also I was really shy when I was little. So I guess like wearing my mother's old clothes, maybe it was like a bit comforting, mm-hmm. you know, to me too. And I was really I was just really proud of all those inherited hand me downs that I yeah. got either from my mother. Then I also had a lot of clothes from my grandmother when I was a teenager, and I still have a lot of those ones. Mm-hmm. And then I, of course, inherited clothes from my big sister. And That it, helps. That helps. I'm the big sister, so I didn't get to inherit clothes. But, but you my got still, my the new ones. Sister, <laughs> <she did. laughs> yeah. And you, in the introduction, you mentioned that I grew up in a culture where like shopping yeah new was not the number one thing so whenever if I wanted to have something new I didn't automatically get it Mm -hmm. but my mother was quite often very happy to buy me fabrics so then I started making my own clothes at one point also where we lived there weren't actually too many clothing stores around so if Mm -hmm. I really wanted to have something special you had to make it yourself or thrift I love that, though. That forces you to get creative in a second level. Like, not only are you being creative in the style and how you want to look, but then it's like, okay, and now make it yourself. Yeah, and I think it really also helped, like, making your own clothes. You learn about the materials, Mm -hmm. like, and the construction. And when you shop vintage, you immediately realize when it's well-made or less well-made, and you kind of also know how to take care of different materials Uh because you've been touching them (laughs) exactly yeah but at one point I then I start I stopped making my own clothes because not everything was like a success story Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was realizing that I'm actually producing a lot of scraps and actual waste because nobody wanted to wear my like half-made weird creatures (laughs) so Already at that point, uh, that was I was only because like, you hadn't come to uh, Brooklyn yet. <laughs> yeah, There's someone there <laughs> now that would gladly wear those creatures. Yeah, or even you know, moving to Helsinki would have helped maybe. <laughs> then I continued drifting, mm-hmm. and I'm still there. Yeah, hey, mm. 
We all are. Yes. We all are. And I think that's a really good point, though. I was talking um, a couple episodes back with Andrea and Natalia from the New York City Fair Trade Commission, and they were saying how we don't want everyone to become a fashion designer. Like, we've got too many clothes. Oh, my like, God. I think we don't need any more new <laughs> fashion labels. Like, yeah. stop already. So I, I appreciate you personally, like, taking yourself out of the ring and being like, you know what? I'm I'm done making my own things. I'm just gonna shop secondhand. Yeah. And I never wanted to be a fashion designer. I I think I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I didn't want to be like a creative person in that sense. Mm-hmm. So that was never my dream. Also, I never dreamt of running a vintage store of my own. I just wanted to make a research engine. <laughs> and you did. You yes. did. Yeah. And that, I yeah. love that. You were like, I want to do this thing. And you went out and you did. I feel like that's been a theme, a lovely theme of guests that I've had on the show where they think, I want to do this thing and I'm going out and I'm going to go do it. Yes, it just happens when you are like, you are, you just want to have this thing in your life. And then you just find a way to do it. Of course, for me, it has been easy because my husband is a tech geek, so he could help me with the apps and the website. He has also done the NYC Vintage Map side. I mean, I want a podcast. My boyfriend's an audio engineer. He has helped me. You know, different skills working together to make an awesome thing. I totally feel that. All right, so we are getting towards the end here. I like to end each episode with a hand-me-up, whether that's a piece of advice or a pro tip or just anything you want to pass on to the listeners of the podcast. What is a personal thing that you want to get out in the world. I think it's super important to love your clothes. Uh, in the interaction, you also mentioned that I was running this first ever clothes lending club yes. in Helsinki for a couple of years. And it was fun in the beginning when we all, it started like it was just between friends first. Mm-hmm. And because we all realized that we all had too many clothes. We didn't have time to wear them all. So we were thinking maybe we should, you know, share them. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing it. And it was really fun in the beginning when we all knew each other. But when we uh, gradually got more members and not everyone knew each other anymore. So you wouldn't know whose clothes you were lending. Mm -hmm. So not everyone took like good care of the clothes that they borrowed from us. Because they they didn't own them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the ownership is important. And I, I'm not like big fan. I don't believe in rental systems at the moment because of this personal experience. Because okay. I feel like when you own something, you commit to that piece, you develop personal relationship with the item. And then it helps you to take care of the piece, you know, mm-hmm. lengthen the lifespan of the clothing item. And yeah, just love the item. But if you borrow it for one or two weeks is there time enough to actually love it i'm i'm not sure everything well not my headband (laughs) but everything i'm wearing right now is a rental okay would you believe that and do you love them (laughs) i actually do love these jeans a lot but can you where did you rent them from um it is from the miss collection are you able can you can you purchase them if you okay well that's a good they give that option yeah Yeah. that's awesome because then rental can help you you know try out different things mm-hmm. and really figure out like hey this is what I love and this is not, yeah. I don't love this so you can 
you know. Well, but, I think it goes back to, again, you talking about the way you grew up where there was not an emphasis on consumption and, like, shopping wasn't a hobby, whereas I grew up in Midwestern mall culture <laughs> and I now live in New York City and I used to work in merchandising. So, like, consumption has been a big part of my culture and I love fashion and I love style, but I recognize the problems in those things. Mm-hmm. And so instead of constantly buying new things, I try and rent instead. Mm-hmm. But I totally see your point when it when you aren't – it's like when you get something for free versus when you spend money on it. If it's a ticket to a show, you're more likely to actually go because you spent money yes, on the yeah. ticket. Or when it's yeah. clothes that you actually bought. And so yeah. someone just came. It was just very, like, heartbroken to see the items return in bad condition. Mm-hmm. It was like, whoa – you know, because when it's ruined, it's ru- it, sometimes it was impossible to fix their garments anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get what mm. you're saying. And I think that's really valid. And you take care of more things that are personal to you and things that are more expensive. So mm. all of that tracks. Mm. Um, but still, like whether you own or borrow the item, I think it's important to really, you know, build a relationship with the garment. Mm-hmm. As if even it was like your hedgehog, uh, yeah. your pet, you know, you know, just take yeah. care of it because there are there are so many resources, like in a pair of jeans, so many water, so much water. Truly, yes. So much everything has you know been put to so much work, energy, everything. So take care of those. Yes. Items. Hand me up. Take care of those items. Yes, love them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are at the end of our episode. If you want to find the Gem app, it's in the – I almost said iTunes, but that doesn't even exist anymore. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. Where else can people find you? I know we mentioned the website was nycvintagemap.com. Where can people find you? All the different things you've created – Okay, uh, so Gem website is called it's gem.app and Instagram is gem.search. Then my street style photography, it's called NYC Looks. So uh, the website is nyc-looks.com and Instagram is nyc underscore L-O-O-K-S. NYC Looks. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming, Lisa. This has been great. I am Lindsay Richter. You have been listening to The Hand Me Up Club, and I will talk to you next week. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Richter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>